There's no excuse for inaction at this point. I want every agency to lean forward. So I'm excited just to be back introducing people to new music. Yep. Stuff that I'm passionate about. Talking about old stuff that right. maybe has been overlooked over the years. Just lean. He's from Saskatchewan. Yeah, Saskatchewan. Right? Am I saying that right? Am I, am I, how do you say it? For every degree that you lean forward is that much more pounds of force. Hey, anybody who's been listening to us, thank you. What I want to explain to you is a little bit something that I've figured out about leaning forward. When somebody says, like, talk to my people, I'm the people. Come on, I lean forward, forward, forward. Are you, are you I hate that, Legitimately. Man. I, I, I legitimately can't get into it. Lean forward, lean forward, lean forward. I don't hate her, but I was just surprised. Do, go on, go you on. You rolled your eyes the minute I said it. <laughs> it's so weird, because she's right here. It's the Lean Forward Podcast with Jay Heron and Jacob Gilmore. I'm Jacob Gilmore. And I'm Jay Heron. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> nice job. Nice, nice, nice energy, man. You like that? And uh, I like how we changed it up. You went ahead and led with it, and I did the, I did the, I took your role. Yeah, no one will see it coming. Although you didn't really do anything shocking or surprising. I didn't. I didn't slurp from a iced coffee or do some <laughs> kind of weird howl. You know me. Um, All me and my, my antics. I know, man. Um, we changed it up a little bit. We're changing up the uh, format in general today. Would you Would you agree with that? Yeah. So let's just. So we we talked about it ahead of time. It might be worth bringing a, a section of our podcast that we do every episode called Quick Hits. We're just going to bring this up to the front. What Quick Hits are, if this is your first time listening, is for every episode, uh, depending upon the guest or topic that we usually have, uh, we kind of build a theme or playlist of songs that somehow tangentially reference what we talk about, but we also just have three or four songs each that we've kind of picked up since we we spoke last. And yeah. uh, what we do is we put playlists together, including those songs. We make them available on Spotify. We make them available on Apple Music. And we also host them on our website, leanforwardpodcast.com um, slash whatever episode it is. So you can go to our website, go to episodes. You'll see the most recent episode. Our podcast uh, SoundCloud clip will be available as well as both Apple Music and Spotify uh, playlist. You can follow us on Spotify. You can follow me on Apple Music and get that. But it's just a great way to uh, get some good new music or new to you music um, that you can discover and enjoy uh, in addition to the podcast. Which is partly why this podcast started in the first place. I mean, I, you know, having had a former life in, in radio, being on, on radio, introducing people to new music, stuff that I thought was really cool. Um, and should be shared. You know, we, you and I got together, and we used to always talk about music when we'd be out. And so we thought, well, let's let's talk about it and and actually record it and talk talked about talk about the music that we find interesting in that moment. And so uh, we thought, you know what, let's try putting uh, let's try putting this feature of the podcast at the very beginning. That's right. So hey, Jake. Hey, hey, Jake. I I I, I hear the quick hits music. Should we get right into it? Yeah, let's get right into that quick hits. All right, you go. Um, so mine this week or this episode are a little bizarre. I feel like I need to make up some ground based off the content of our last episode where it was all of my like late nineties, early two thousands, uh, new metal, uh, confused teenage 
<laughs> years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you got a lot of making up to do. Um, so this is the complete opposite direction. Also, it's fall, so I just kind of transition genres a little bit. So this is not new music. Um, and the first two came came from a curated playlist uh, that I got off Apple called My Chill Mix. And the first one is by an artist, Phosphorescent, off a Mm -hmm. 2007 album, Pride. The song is called A Picture of Our Torn Up Praise. And it's just a beautiful, acoustic, chill song. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna double up and just pair that with another throwback. Um, okay. This is from an artist I'm sure you're familiar with, 2003, The Shins, uh, off oh, the man. album Shoots Too Narrow, and the song is Those to Come. Yeah, so um, Shins are wonderful. What what made you uh, what made you come across them recently? So I start every morning, or I try to start every morning at 6 a.m., and I just either go on a bike ride or I walk my neighborhood. And it's just nice Nice. contemplative time to to start each day. And I usually either put on a podcast, audiobook, or my chill mix, and that gets updated every two weeks. So without me doing anything, I'll just get new songs recommended to me. And both those songs were on this most recent recommendation, and it was... Uh, the first time I had heard both of those songs and they just both gave me pause in this, in, in the silence of my morning. It was awesome. Uh, can we just go back to you getting up at 6am and taking a walk around your neighborhood or going for a bike ride? That's very, very adult of you, Jacob. I'm trying to turn a new leaf, man. I'm trying to shed the youth and uh, start achieving goals as far as 20 years down the road, man. It's, it's a different me. 2018 has like changed it. me. It took four kids to get you there, it but did. here we are. It did. It did. <laughs> Good for you, man. Uh, well, what do you got? Um, I, I know you're a fan, um, and we, we, almost, we talk about this band almost every episode, but I'm going to talk about it again. Uh, Tom York mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. from Radiohead, obviously, um, has a couple of new songs out. And I really like them. They, they uh, kind of back to form for Tom York. Um, and this track I'm going to put on the playlist is uh, Suspirium. Um, and it's really cool. Did you get a chance to check that out? I did. I loved it. I yeah, so good, loved right? it. Uh, it <laughs> sound, it sounded way less like Eraser than uh, yes. I was anticipating, and I mean that in the best possible way. It yeah, was... <laughs> I, that's what I, I. I think it was great. I think it's one of the. Uh, I actually think it's better. Um, and hardcore Radiohead fans are not going to like this, but I think it's better than the songs off of a Moonshade Pool. I think it's really cool, really great. Hmm. No, really striking for some controversy. So just different. I I just wouldn't compare them. (laughs) That's the the best way I would say it. I wouldn't compare. I would compare Tom York to Tom York and I like it better than the songs off Eraser. Although it's only two of them, but instantly I was just like, yeah, man, this is so good. Yeah, it's great. What's next? All right. So you actually introduced me to this band 
uh, or artist by, from a private event uh, just a week or two ago that we got to see. You were the one responsible for providing the talent. And the artist is Field Report, though we just saw mm. um, Chris Porterfield yeah, uh, singing by himself, acoustic guitar, in a very intimate setting. It was awesome. It really kind of blew me away because really I, I typically am not a folk singer-songwriter uh, vibe type of guy. I do, I do enjoy it. I do appreciate it, but it's not my first go-to. Um, but I was really blown away with his, his songwriting in particular that I immediately started adding, adding some of their albums. So I put on the first track off of their 2014 album, uh, Mary Golden, and the track is called Decision Day. And I think it really mm-hmm. sets the tone well for how the rest of the album sounds. But uh, I, I love it. Fighting, fading, winning, waiting. Hurrying behind milk and cloud and snow. Yeah, I was blown away. Um, you know, we went to, like you said, we went to that private event at our friend's um, at our friend's office space, really. And um, I had I did help book the book him to play that event, but um, I wasn't super familiar with the music, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then just watching him perform, um, I came home and told my wife, I was like, "That's a reminder of why I love music so much." The lyrics were so great, but he was so emotive. And um, I don't know, it just it just kind of was a wow. This is unbelievable. It was really great. Totally, totally. Good call. Um, you know, do you know the band Pine Grove? I've heard of them. Okay, so Pine Grove is a band from Montclair, New Jersey. They have a pretty big uh, underground following. Uh, it's you know they put out an album a couple of years ago that was um, highly critically acclaimed and commercially pretty successful. Um, and then unfortunately, the singer had a little bit of an issue with um, well, not a little issue, a big issue with. Um, a woman that he had become involved with, a fan, um, and it kind of blew up into not quite the Me Too movement um, thing, but p- close enough. And um, and the good news is that the guy, the singer, owned it and just came right out with a serious um, and very uh, seemingly heartfelt apology. Um, and uh, he took a year off of making music per the request of the woman that was involved, um, went to therapy, counseling, um, and then uh, about two weeks ago came out with a new album, The Banded Pine Grove. And uh, the first week of sales uh, went directly towards um, a charity that addressed the issues that he was dealing with. Um, he, in short, he handled it really well, unlike a lot of the people who, who get caught up in this. And um, so they put out a new album, and it's a strong album. Um, and I wanted to just put a song on there. Uh, one of my favorites right now is called Intrepid, and it's great. Band is Pine Grove. Uh, totally looking forward to checking that out. Did not expect any of that backstory. <laughs> I guess, I guess <laughs> Sorry, we, I, went, I went to a dark place. Quick. I guess well done on navigating it with such precision and <laughs> neutrality. Because I was like, yo, where is this going to go? Is Jay about to take a stance <laughs> on or against the Me Too movement? What is happening? No, totally... F- Totally in favor of women on all on on all of that. Uh, there's a really great, you know, you should if, if you're unfamiliar with the story, go. Uh, he did an interview in Pitchfork, 
um, recently. I, I will check it out because now I'm certainly intrigued. But as you were as you were explaining the whole thing, I had in mind that um, Saturday Night Live skit where they're all out to dinner and they don't know how to talk about the Aziz Ansari like article that came out last year and everybody's just like brought it up but didn't want to real reveal their position on it and we're just kind of like looking back and forth at each other's eyes anyway not not that that was even close to it but i was just like oh this is uncomfortable territory i don't know how to respond (laughs) so uncomfortable i know i know i feel like i might be editing this entire thing out but we'll see (laughs) well that's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest thing in our description uh this this episode we tackle the me too (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would recommend just reading the, the pitchfork piece, and uh, and 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 you'll see where I'm coming from. Awesome, yeah, I'll check it. Um, next on my list is you know sometimes I like to wax eclectic. Uh, I don't like to just stay in the uh, new arrivals bin. I like to go all over the place. Um, so this next one might be my most eclectic of choices to date, but it's a 1976 live album with Chad Atkins and Les Paul. It's a, I, thought, I honestly thought you were going to say live as in the band, the no. band live. Wow, you are the, going. The Dolphins Cry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, although, man, I, I've, got love for, I've got love for Live's debut album. That, that one hit. But that's, that's a topic for another Throwing episode. Copper. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, so Chet Atkins and Les Paul, for those of you who aren't familiar, um, Les Paul basically invented the electric guitar. And is one hell of a guitarist. And the same can be say, said for Chet Atkins. He's just a renowned... Uh, his his finger-picking style is a style of its own. And I, in fact, own a Chet Atkins signature guitar. Um, it's he's, wow. he's a beast. And this is just... I, I don't know. It's like listening to two, two of your buddy's grandpas, like, getting together and jet... Like, because it's a live album, like in between takes, you can hear them like making fun of each other, but by doing so in a, of the period way, like they weren't saying anything salacious or insulting. They were just like giving each other a hard time, but also by giving themselves a hard time. Like it was self deprecating, but they were making each other, making fun of each other for not playing fast enough or like Mm. not knowing that the red light meant record in the studio and stuff like that. So there's a lot of like fun old banter on it, but the the guitar work, as far as like playing an instrument goes, you're listening to two masters uh, in in their heyday record a one of a one of a kind album. So the That's the awesome. track is called Caravan, and it's with Chet Atkins and Les Paul uh, off the album Chester and Lester. I like it. Um, I, I, and I, by the way, I like your the, the the eclectic tracks you go down. It's always uh, it's always interesting to see where you're going to head. Um, my uh, my third and last uh, installment for this week is a band from England called Basement. Um, just a great guitar rock band that I think you know. You and I always talk about kind of throwback bands. Um, who you know maybe embody some of the '90s artists? Mm-hmm. And by '90s artists, I don't mean head PE. I mean like <laughs> you know the Seattle, the Seattle artists. Yeah. Um, so uh, a friend of mine told me I'm going to be in San Francisco in a few days, and a friend of mine uh, 
turned me on to this band because they're playing while I'm there. So I'm going to go check them out, and I'm really excited about it. Um, but the, the song I'm going to put on is called Aqua Sun, and the band, again, is Basement from England. So That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I only have two more. One is a new song from a new album that just came out. And uh, are you familiar with Logic? Yeah. Do you like them? Yeah. All right. So uh, I I haven't had a position on Logic, and I think I'm ready to like officially register as like a pro Logic uh, fan. Um, I okay. think I think I was just super curious of like if I should lock, like them. Is this too poppy? Can I take it seriously? And I've right. listened enough now to 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 know that I think like he totally can be taken seriously. He's just not the lyricist that I traditionally uh, subscribe to. He he's mm-hmm. not a bad lyricist, but he's not like the deep philosophical like uh, modern prophet of the day. He's just kind of really, really good at rhyming. His production is great and he's really, really good at making concept albums that tell stories. Um, Mm -hmm. so his most recent album is called young Sinatra four. And the track that I put on there is a hundred miles and running. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is a really good demonstration of, like, how comfortable he is uh, on the mic uh, with his flow and delivery. Um, and it's just fun hip-hop, so totally, yeah, totally I, check it. I had heard his name a lot over the years, and then uh, I think my first real exposure I, 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 was this year at the Grammys. Uh, he performed, and it was really, yeah, I thought it was really good, actually. Sweet. I mean, I wasn't at the Grammys, but on TV. Right, <laughs> on right. TV. right. <laughs> um, and then my last one doesn't need a whole lot of deep dive. This is another eclectic kind of rando ad, but I'm totally putting it on the playlist. And for the sake of everybody's ears, I'll make it the last track. But uh, it's a band out of England called Pink Floyd. It's from their wow. it's from their album Animals, and the track is Sheep. Ten minutes nice. in twenty-one seconds of just pure, like just delicious jamming. So that's enjoy that's it. Great. I like how you um, last on the last playlist you 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 just you discovered another little English band called the Rolling Stones. That's right. Yep. They're also good. Which is great. They are also yeah. a good rock band. <laughs> there's a great there's a great track on Animals by the way the Pink Floyd album you just referenced yep uh, pigs on pigs on the wing oh, yeah. which is um, just fantastic the melody I think is is really it's very short it's like a minute and a half but That's it's right. uh, it's really cool I like that a lot yeah buddy well uh, good good picks this week man. yeah man I'm excited to hear them. Uh, yeah, let's uh, let's get into some business. But before we do, I want to I want to take a minute and talk about our actual our first sponsor of the podcast. Uh, I don't know, Jay, if you've ever experienced this, but 
I love going to live sporting events, live shows, <laughs> and I can just tell yeah. you it is such a hassle trying to find the best tickets possible. There's so many ways to get good tickets out there and none of them are easy. And then that's where our friends at StubHub come along the way. (laughs) I I don't know if you've used StubHub, but StubHub makes it so easy to find the best seats at the best prices and they just it's it's a seamless experience. Their app is so easy to use. And if you overbought tickets, your buddy canceled at the last minute, it's a great way to sell tickets too. So you're not the guy uh, screaming at strangers, uh, got tickets, need extra tickets. Um, so right. so check them out, StubHub. Uh, we're super, super grateful for our friends over there. And um, yeah, so... I agree, man. And, and I, uh, <laughs> I took it one step further uh, with my devotion to StubHub, and I just went ahead and went to work for them. So that's that's some news, huh? Got some big that's news. Some news. I'm uh, I'm I'm starting a new chapter. I have officially stepped out of the label uh, business, the the record label business, and I'm entering a new world, and it's the world of live music. And I'm pumped. It's uh, I'm going to be the head of music uh, business development for StubHub starting very, very soon. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. All of StubHub. I mean, the head of music development for StubHub. So you're the guy. Correct. Yes. Well, so for first-time listeners, um, just for some context, go back and check out our episode 17 where this kind of book ends uh, Jay exiting a long career of being involved uh, in the label industry um, which you know came after a long career in the radio industry. So we we talked about what it was like, kind of closing a series of chapters that were all focused around um, being directly involved with finding talent and promoting talent, and really curious as to what comes next. And now this is what comes next. So this is a huge step. And uh, man, I'm excited for you. I'm excited to find out what this unfolds. What what are some of the things that you're looking forward to? Well, I think just, you know, continuing to work with artists, that's what I love the most about um, about what I've done throughout my career. And uh, this job is going to be no different in terms of my involvement with artists. It's just a different a different side to what they do. So as opposed to, um, you know, helping them make their music and record in the studio, now I'm going to be more involved on the live side and doing, um, you know, just doing some creative uh, partnerships and that sort of thing. I really, you know, like I said, I haven't I haven't started yet, so I haven't dug into too many details, but um, for right now, uh, I'm just excited about getting started on something completely different. Well, outside of your specific role at StubHub, um, but uh, unpacking a little bit of your excitement of focusing on the live side, from the fans' perspective, uh, which is my perspective, uh, you always mm-hmm. talked about how, you know, there's a from, a from the label side, you spend all this effort in finding the right talent, nurturing that talent, helping that talent record a good album, and then promoting mm-hmm. that album. But mm-hmm. the return on investment comes from the live show. So the live show is where the money at, yeah? The live show is where the, money, is where the money's at for the artist, usually. Um, so, uh, if you're a record company and you don't have a deal that involves their live, the, the, the revenue from their live performances, then there is no upside to their live performances other than, uh, it's a marketing piece, right? So the artist is out there playing great live shows. You may not get a return, um, or, or a piece of that revenue stream, but you're getting the marketing for it, which, you know, is, is, is it's arguably, um, uh, 
as valuable, which I would say it's not as, as valuable. Um, so, uh, so yeah, the live, the thing about this situation and the thing about the live music world is that it's not going anywhere. Right. So right. it's, it's it not only is it not going anywhere, it's actually growing year over year. And, um, you know, I'm not, not to at all talk badly about the recorded music side. That's actually growing also, but it's a little less stable, I think, than the live world. Um, and so that, that's another piece that kind of excites me about this opportunity. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, and we're both huge fans of, of live music, obviously. That's kind of, um, we talk about that pretty, pretty regularly. Uh, and we had talked about off mic, you know, what are some of our favorite live shows? What are some of the new, what are some of the shows that kind of have stuck in our memory as, you know, untouchable, yep. raising the standard? What, what are some of yours? What's your live, what's your live uh, music experience catalog looking like? Man, I'll tell you what, like there's so many, there's so many live shows that I've been to where uh, it was a truly memorable experience where you leave the show hyped just with the adrenaline hasn't crashed yet. And then yeah. you see enough live shows that, they can almost become boring, especially when they're just straightforward performances. You get a lot of that at music festivals when you're going from yeah. side stage to side stage. You're like, I don't know if my feet can take 45 minutes of just like listening to this right. after the first couple of songs. Um, right. So it's really, really refreshing when you encounter a live performance that really hits all the buttons. And I think you see this a lot in pop when they have the fireworks and the choreography and all that stuff. And that's never really been something that spoke to me. But one mm. one band that changed all this, and I think I mentioned this before. This might even be on our debut, uh, our first episode. But when I saw the Flaming Lips for the first time, I had never seen a live mm. performance like that at all. With mm. um, you know a whole an army of so before each show, let me just set the stage here. Uh, the Flaming Lips will find people from the crowd. And bring them backstage and get them dressed up in costumes. So on one mm-hmm. side of the stage, you get a bunch of Santa Clauses. And on the other side of the stage, you get a bunch of aliens. But they're just people they pulled from the crowd. So audience participation, that's awesome. Two, uh, for the longest time, their lead singer, uh, Wayne Coyne. Cone? Coyne? Cone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of those. One of those. <laughs> uh, would start each show by getting into a giant inflatable hamster ball and then roll across the the the, yes. the crowd, which was just, I mean, it's just fun. And then the rest of the show is just a giant party filled with confetti, filled with all sorts of, of nonsense that just keeps you engaged. And the, the nobody in the Flaming Lips is is heralded as the best at what they do, the best guitar player, the best singer, mm-hmm. the best drummer, none of that. But what they are is just a really, really good time. And they make pretty decent music, too. I'm a big Flaming Lips yeah. fan. Um, so, yeah. so I'd have to put Flaming Lips up there. Arcade Fire really knows how to have a live show. Um, mm-hmm. Although they're getting really snooty about what they do with their dress codes and stuff like that. But for the most yeah. part, I mean, they... They once they've got you entrapped in whatever arena that they're they're playing for you, they're there to put on a memorable performance. And mm. I, you know, for for example, we got to see them at the Barclays like two or three years ago, and it ended with Buster Poindexter coming out. I mean, they encored with Buster Poindexter coming out, and they did uh, "You Feeling Hot, Hot, Hot," which basically <laughs> made the entire floor seats, which was 
you know, a thousand plus people join a giant conga line. So stuff like that, that's where you get brownie points from me. When you can create a memorable experience that just gets everybody involved, everybody's paying attention to you and everybody's responding to, to the energy you're bringing like that to me is a really, really good live show. Totally, man. Have you ever, have you, (laughs) have you ever wept at a show? Cause it was so good. Uh, no, but I know people that have, and I understand why. Um, but no, (laughs) (laughs) like I've never been moved to tears from like a live show. Oh man. Okay. Well, we can't bond over this then. Yeah, I know. I, um, I've, I've, (laughs) I've been to many a show where I've literally been moved to tears. Um, you know, embarrassingly so in some cases, but whatever, I, I I am who I am, man. I I own it. I take I take full responsibility for it. I'm not ashamed of it. Well, maybe I am a little bit. But um, who made you cry, Jay? Yeah. Who made you cry? Well, I keep I you know many, but I think um, the the two two bands that come to mind, you um, two. Mm-hmm. I've seen you two probably ten times. And you've seen you um, two ten times. Yeah, I've seen them a lot, and that's I think, like two thousand um, dollars worth of YouTube tickets. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I used to be in the I used to be in the radio world. Oh, that's and, right, um, that's right. Yeah, got them comped. So some comp tickets, but um, yeah, I think probably because um, you know, I, I, you know, we've talked about it on this show before. Just um, their music really speaks deeply to me. It resonates with me on every level, and so is it uh, the song or stuff. is it something that they say like it's, in between? It's the songs. It's no, it's the songs. It's the memories that the songs conjure up. It's the way they execute it live. Um, it's the communal experience that they always, uh, they always provide. You know, they, they're very much in tune with what's going on in the audience, even in a massive, you know, arena. Um, and so those, those shows just always kind of, they, they always kind of get to me. Um, and then another band that's, that's moved me to tears who I've seen not quite as many as you two, but certainly at least five or six times is Radiohead. Um, I, that band, again, the emotion that they conjure up is just crazy. Um, one in particular, I think probably my most, the most memorable, well, there are two, uh, Radiohead played at, um, at, uh, New Jersey State Park back in, I think 2000 and well, it was 2001 and, um, the park, the backdrop of the park. Uh, of the stage rather was the world was the was the uh, World Trade Center the two towers oh wow and um, so you so seeing that show with that in the background you know the the Manhattan skyline in the background and watching Radiohead play songs from Kid A and um, you know OK Computer uh, and then and then the towers uh, came down three weeks later um, so that was a pretty crazy memory and then um, I saw them at Stone Mountain Park in Georgia once and it was one of those moments that uh you know that song you know paranoid android the song paranoid android is that one of their bigger ones (laughs) it's one of their bigger ones and there's a part in there it says rain down rain down on me Uh um right when they right when they hit that part of the song the skies opened up and it just rained and it was just this magical moment for real Yes, it was crazy. <laughs> so weird. it's one crazy. of those like, oh, okay, uh, uh, I like this band even more now. So uh, those are those are my favorite uh, live bands, I think. But I've seen I've seen a lot of shows that have just really really stuck with me. And weirdly, I've never seen Arcade Fire. Really, really, never seen Arcade uh, Fire. Isn't that crazy? I'll say this: I liked seeing, I liked being in an Arcade Fire show more than I like listening to Arcade Fire's albums. And that's not to mm. say they're not good. Uh, they're clearly yeah. good. 
but I'm just not a huge Arcade Fire fan. But I was a huge fan of their show. So that, yeah. I think that that's where they probably scored higher marks for me. What about albums? Yeah. Like, not necessarily live experiences, but like live albums. Do you have any kind of landmark live albums that have stuck with you? The only one that comes to mind is, uh, is, is Under a Blood Red Sky by U2. And uh, <laughs> it's really good. But the thing is, is truly, um, I don't, I'm not a big fan of live albums. I just much prefer to hear the recorded version. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't think they're you know, usually usually when a band is great live, they always want to do a live album. But sometimes it's so hard to capture the energy of what great live bands can do. Um, and I know there's going to be disagreement on that, but I just feel like I'd just rather hear the way it was intended on record and then the live experience, just experience it live. Well, I think that's why when you find a good live album, it's typically when something special happened. I mean, clearly when people record live albums, they've planned they've planned on those being live albums because you don't go to all that effort. Uh, yeah. you know, just, just for, and they're like, Hey, you know, we could turn this into an album, but, um, you, you kind of, kind of bank on something unique happening there. And the really, really good ones, uh, separate themselves. And I'll give you an example. Like for me, when I was in high school, I had, uh, like a blink 182 live album and I just listened to it cause it had all my favorite tracks on it, but it wasn't necessary. Like it was actually inferior to any one of their studio albums, but then you mm-hmm. take something like Nirvana unplugged. And then that's like an all time classic album because something sure, yeah. unique happened there. And, yeah, uh, true. you can't discount the fact that it was live, but it was, <clears throat> it wasn't necessarily a live arena event so much as it was intended to be broadcasted. But still, mm-hmm. like the stakes are high, you know, you can't, yeah. you can't really mess up and they brought something new and, you know, obviously the David Bowie covers huge and, um, yeah. so yeah, that's true. Yeah, they did it. They did it different. It wasn't them. Like, I think that's obviously special as opposed to probably seeing or hearing a Nirvana full blown rock show recorded live would probably not be as special well i would not it would not be a special in my opinion i I, yes and no i i mean i generally agree with you although uh i did like listen to the muddy from the muddy banks of wishka until the wheels Mm. fell off which is like a nirvana live album but you're right Mm -hmm. like if you care about fidelity if you care about quality live albums are really tough unless the musicians are you know, just really tight and nail it. And you've got a rock band yeah. like Nirvana, who's, um, you know, outside of the studio, not known for its high fi sound. Right. It, it gets a little rough and hard to listen to. Yeah, exactly. What was, uh, I, I know I mentioned on the Eagle show, what my first live performance was, what was the first live show you went to? Uh, the very first live show I ever went to was this Christian rock artist named Rich Mullins. Oh yeah. And, uh, you remember that guy? The ragamuffin gospel. Um, um, I think the ragamuffin his, his, something. Yeah, the ragamuffin gospel guy, the author of that book, was really good friends with Rich Mullins. Yeah, yes. Um, and that was my first show ever. And then, but my first like arena show was U two uh, during the Actung Baby tour, which would have been nineteen ninety one. Right. And it was at the uh, Georgia Dome in Atlanta, and it was unbelievable. And that's kind of yeah. So the Eagles Hell Freezes Over was the first concert my parents took me to, which was like 94. But the first concert (laughs) that I chose to and asked to get tickets for was um, the opening act was Tonic and the headliner was the Verve Pipe. 
Yeah, freshman. Yeah, man. Oh man, we were only freshmen. I'll tell you what. I didn't. I didn't cry during the live performance. But growing up, we had five acres of like grassland that needed mowed every weekend, and it was my job to ride the riding lawnmower. (laughs) And it took me Mm -hmm. four hours to mow the lawn. So I would just put on my little Walkman cassette, and man, I. So this was back in the time where I would tape songs off the radio. And yeah. freshman was totally on it. And I would scream from the depths of my pudgy little self, like <laughs> crying <laughs> that we were merely freshmen. That is awesome. Love it. Yeah, buddy. Um, hey, man, it's always good to uh, reminisce about uh, our music our music days of our youth. Yeah. And it's always good to catch up with you. Um, and I'm excited to do another episode very soon. Yeah, same. I'm glad that we uh, got a little bit of resolution on your next steps. And I think, uh, yeah. I know I'm personally, but we're all excited to see where they go, man. So best of luck on this new journey. And uh, thanks for sharing the great, the good news with us. Thanks, brother. All right. we'll, uh, we will talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to the Lean Forward podcast with Jay Heron and Jacob Gilmore. If you like what you hear, please rate us over in the podcast section at Apple Music. For comments and suggestions, feel free to email us at leanforwardpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.